Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I have one of the founders of Customer Experience together with me. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me. And also from the first words, everybody already knows this is Bruce Temkin on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Thank you very much for accepting the invitation and for um, helping me spreading the word of customer experience, transformation and leadership. But without further ado, let's really start presenting today top players. And I think this is one of the top five players in customer experience worldwide. Uh, and, and therefore, Bruce, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Bruce Temkin. I lead the Qualtrics XM Institute. Been doing that for about five years. Prior to that, um, I ran my own company, Temkin Group. We were acquired by Qualtrics in 2018. And before that, I was at Forrester Research. So I just, you know, I've been focusing on customer experience and employee experience for a long, long time. Thank you very much, Bruce. And I can really remember the first time that I was working in the, in the contact center trying to transform that. And we were using Tempkin's uh, templates to share the overview, where are we with the MPS, are we good, are we not good, and therefore I can really also remember the Tempkin group. Um, which values drive you in life? So, I, you know, I, um, it's, it's funny. I, I, um, when I think about the values, I go back to when we created Tempkin group, we had a, a tagline. It was when experience matters. And we had a blog, which continues and continue on, experience matters. I think that's, that's the value, right? Experience matters because experiences are how human beings interface with the world. So experience matters because people matter, right? I, I focused most of my career examining how people think and feel in different contexts Right, whether they're customers, employees, colleagues, partners, fans, patients, right? Um, and so helping organizations think about how they can affect people uh, in those different environments uh, is really sort of central to what I do. And I go back to, you know, experience matters because people matter. And I think this is extremely interesting and it's a really inspiring for us uh, transformation experts, um, um, customer experience professional, trying to, to do what you are doing, to replicate what, what you are doing. And uh, let's really start deep diving in the topic the, that I shared with you. It's experience management. And I know you can discuss about a lot of topics. For example, some weeks ago, I, I was participating to a discussion where you presented uh, with the CXPA Netherlands, and it was all about empathy. But today, let's speak about experience management. What does experience management mean to you? So first of all, um, you're not going to get me to do any discussion on any topic without touching on empathy. 
Um, so like, it doesn't matter what questions you ask. I'm going to come around to some empathy discussions. Um, that's just, you know, that's the way I roll, but actually it's because I think empathy is actually the, the central component of experience management, right? So one of the things that I've been talking about, um, recently is if you want to think about experience management, think about it as the pathway from a world in which we have passive market research to a world where we have um, embedded human empathy. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you go back five or 10 years, the way you found out about people, customers, employees, is you did, you did this big market research study and you got this big deck, right? And you got a big PowerPoints and you looked at it and then you ignored it until the next time you did, right? That's like the passive market research. We're gonna do a project to find out about people. Where we're heading is where human empathy, the understanding about people's needs, desires, and perceptions are all integrated into our, our systems, our decision-making systems, and our processes so that they actually just are triggering and pushing the organization to do the right things for those people naturally. Um, and I think experience management is the capability to do that. And when I talk about experience management, I talk about three fundamental capabilities that are being built. The ability to, to continuously learn what people are thinking and feeling. The ability, ability to propagate insights in a useful form across the organization. And then finally, the ability to rapidly adapt based on that increasing flow of insight. So it's continuously learn, propagate insights, and rapidly adapt. And then I'll, I'll answer one other question about what is XM, because whenever I'm talking to a CX customer experience audience, they want to know, well, what's the difference between CX and XM? Well, here's how I think about it, which is experience management is the underlying capability that we are all building. Right? When it's applied to customers, it's customer experience. When it's applied to employees, it's employee experience. When it's applied to patients, it's patient experience. And, and as you know, um, we, when it's applied on a soccer field, it, we can call it fan experience. Exactly. I think with my background, and this is my passion, it's soccer, it's fan experience, it's something different than real customer experience, because in the fan experience, it's all about emotion and empathizing with the, with the, with, with the team. And in my corporate job, I'm working in an hospital responsible for the digital transformation and patient experience is different than customer experience. I don't say it's more important, more relevant, but when we are in, in hospitals, it's <laughs> the, the, the customer, the patient, it's key because it's about life or death or keeping the quality of the life of, of the patients. And therefore I fully understand what, what you are saying. So I, I will say, you, you won't say whether patient experience are more or less important than other things. I think it's probably more important than most things. Because we have only one life, but I want to be also fair, transparent, and that not everybody can, can work in, in, in the patient experience. This is extremely complicated because it's also about uh, really understanding them, finding solutions for them, tailoring them, and ensuring that also the family around this patient has all the information that they require and can 
take care about, about, about this patient. Now, you see that? Remember how I told you we're going to talk about empathy? I got you showing empathy. Bruce, together with you, everybody gets empathetic because <laughs> you are so engaging, so involving, and you are explaining so well uh, what's experience management. And you have really a great background sharing all these stories and uh, and all this information. Um, you shared these three topics, but I know that you also defined six rules in uh, experience management. Let's go through them. Could you please share them? Yeah. So, um, let me give you a background. I'll, I'll get to the six rules, but like, why, why six laws? Why, why do we have six laws? Why do I have five of anything? Why do I have four of anything? So, one of the things that I've tried to do is whenever I felt like there was an audience that needed to learn something, try to put together a conceptual model that was easy to understand, easy to follow, and easy for other people to take and share, right? And so one of the things when, when we were thinking about the six laws were how can we talk about experience management in a way that it's meaningful to like senior leaders all the way to customer experience practitioners so that they'll get it and understand it. So here are the six, and, and, and also, the collectively, the six laws help someone understand the entire domain of experience management. So that's a lot of uh, expectations for six things, but um, we worked pretty hard to come up with the laws. And I think that if people understand and apply them, that they'll actually have very strong experience management efforts. So here they are. The first one is that people are emotional, not rational. Right? That gets at the fact that you have to think about human beings differently than normally you just think about them. You have to think about their emotional side. The second is that journeys add meaning to moments. You know, oftentimes, whether we see people work on relationship metrics or on um, interaction metrics, and it's really hard to make any decisions with either one of those, where you're able to really understand context and drive decisions, is in understanding the journeys that people are on. And sometimes that's um, jobs to be done. Uh, methodologies are also really focused on journeys. So that's number two. Number three is that action transform insights into value. And the reason we pick that one, action, that actions transform insights into value is that you may be doing a voice of the customer program, you may be measuring your digital interactions, you may have a patient monitoring system, but at the end of the day, the only thing, place where you're adding value is by taking actions based on those insights. Um, and we might come back to that, but it's oftentimes, I'd rather see you have way less insights and way more action. That's number three. Number four, is that commitment aligns behaviors. This has a lot to do with like employee and internal things. You can get, uh, you know, you can get employees to do what you want them to do by conforming, right? There's the two C's of getting someone to do. They can conform or they can commit, right? Conform is go do it or else, right? And they do it, right? Or you, you tell them they should do it and they do it just because you know, it's on the list of things for them to do, right? If they do that, that's a different type of environment and type different organization where people are committed 
to an output or committed to what the organization is trying to do. So commitment aligns behaviors as opposed to forcing behavior. Law number five, we're almost there. You're making it so far. Law number five, uh, leaders boost or break inertia. Um, and the reason we have this law is we want everyone who thinks about experience management to know that we're all change managers. Change, right, change agents. Um, at the end of the day, experience management, customer experience, uh, employee experience, it's all about getting our organizations to do something different in the future than what we're doing now, right? We're not like engineers or accountants that come in and just do what's on our list of things. We're actually coming in and trying to get the organization to do something different. And in order to go different, we have to recognize there's a lot of inertia. Right? Everyone in an organization wants to keep doing the same thing. So this is really to signal that leaders need to sign up for pushing and breaking down that inertia because if they don't, then they are actually part of keeping the organization from changing. And then sixth law is that XM is a habit, not an act. Um, meaning, you know, um, Aristotle had this great quote that is excellence um, is, a, is a habit, not an act. Um, and so XM's like that, which is you can't do it once, right? You can't come out and do a project or do it. Um, and I love, I, I just saw uh, um, Simon Sinek had a great, great video where he talked about um, things like going to the gym. So I think about experience management like going to the gym, right? If you go to the gym, and you work out for three and a half hours and you go look at yourself in the mirror, you look the same. You go a second day, you work out for three and a half hours, you look in the mirror, you look the same. So it's like any one of those gym uh, workouts doesn't really matter, doesn't have an impact. But if you keep doing it for six months, you're going to look dramatically different and much more fit. And I think experience managers like that, we have to understand that it's a commitment to change over time, not a single project. Uh, I really love all of them. And one comment on the last one, uh, you, you used the example of Simon Sinek, perhaps also the same example from, from a soccer point of view. Every day, soccer players are training. They train the complete week to play the game, to improve themselves as individuals, and therefore they are training by themselves, but they are also training together in the team because the, this, to achieve what they want, only the team can achieve that, can score goals. And therefore, I, I fully understand what, what you are saying. But now, sorry, yes. I want to go back to the team, the, the, the um, soccer or football as as. You, you're probably more likely to call it, um, that if you, if you think about it, like if you were run a play, you do a play once in practice, right? You're, you're not done with it, right? You've got to run it over and over and over again so that it becomes ingrained in the habit so that when, when it's sort of happening on the, on the pitch, right, that every player instinctively knows what's happening and goes to the right place without having to think about it, without being told to go. It just becomes part of their natural habit when that play forms. Just like that. You have to get those plays forming inside of companies for experience management to take hold. 
Exactly. And now perhaps a not so empathetic questions. I will ask you to choose between your children. Which one of these uh, six laws do you prefer? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say, well, I, you know, XM is a habit, not an act is an easy one to jump on because ultimately if you don't get that right, none of the others matter. So, but we talked about that one. So I'm not going to pick that. That one already had enough. Um, so I will go with, um, people are emotional, not rational. And, and the reason I picked that is at the end of the day, I, I prefer talking about people than all that other corporate stuff anyway. Right. So if I have a choice, I'll choose the people one. And people are emotional, not rational. I like that because a lot of the, um, it, it builds in a few things. First of all, the importance of emotions, right? Um, um, Maya Angelou said that people forget what you say, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, right? So feelings are important. So I think that one get, captures that essence. But also, um, I... I love experience design elements, and I, I love looking at behavioral economics and trying to understand how people are going to respond to specific situations. And oftentimes, you can really like, anticipate how people are going to react to whether it's a, a web design, whether it's an um, experience at a hospital, you know, whether it's uh, airport experience, experience of plane, and if you can anticipate how people are going to respond to it, you can do a better job of designing those experiences to begin with. So probably people are emotional, not rational, is the um, favorite of my six law, laws, my six children laws, child laws, whatever, wherever we're called, my, my six children. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Please uh, allow me to, to share a short example on that because you spoke about, about empathy and um, I use this word because I think it's relevant. Um, I have the duty as responsible for the transformation of this hospital also to do shadowings, to work with nurses and physicians and understand what they are doing and really see what they are doing and how they are interacting with the, with the patients. And I try to cut the story really short. There was a, a 86 years old. It was really very, very, very sick. And it was Friday evening. And he said, I want to go home. And all the physicians told him, no, please stay here. You should stay here. We need to ensure that everything works well. And perhaps next week you can go home. And then it started a really long, long discussion. And the physician, physicians uh, were too there, took the time, enough time to speak with him, to discuss with him, trying to understand. And after 10 minute, minutes discussing about I want to go home, they were able to find out that this uh, man wanted to go home because the cat was at home. And nobody during the weekend was able to provide to the cat enough food to survive and all this stuff and therefore i think this is exactly what you're saying from a rational point of view this man was aware i need to stay here but from the emotional point of view the cat was the last something like human being for him uh, on, uh, on on the world and he wanted to go home and to take care of, of his cat and therefore this is i think one one uh, extremely important rule that's a great great story because i think it um not only does it highlight empathy really well, but it also shows that um, you just don't know what other people are thinking, right? That 
we all, you know, when we look at someone else, we project our thinking and feeling onto them, right? We assume that they are thinking the same way that we're thinking, right? But those doctors looking at this 87-year-old man didn't look and say, well, probably has a pet at home that he's worried about, right? They're thinking, they're, like you said, the rational thing. Well, he's going to stay healthy. To stay healthy, uh, as healthy as Kennedy, he's going to stay here. That makes nothing else really matters because if his head doesn't have his health, it's not important. Um, but like you said, the story unfolded in a different way. So great story. I love that. Thank you very much. And perhaps trying to touch at least another rule together with you in this uh, short podcast. Uh, let's speak about leadership because you are a great leader and you are also a mentor, a coach of a lot of, uh, of younger people. Uh, let, let's touch really, really about leaders boost the break inertia. Um, what, what, could you explain it a bit? Yeah. So um, leaders, you know, I, I, I think of the same way I, I talked about the fact that everyone in this field are change agents, right? That the leaders who want to get value out of customer experience, experience management, they have to commit to change, right? And I think about there are, um, there are lots of different types of leaders, but the leaders that drive change in an organization are unique to others, right? They do things. They, They lead with purpose. So um, back many years ago at Temkin Group, we created a model. We still use it um, at XM Institute on purposeful leadership, um, five characteristics of a purposeful leader. Um, and you know, I won't go over five more. You don't need another list of things for your podcast. Um, but the idea is that a purposeful leader provides a a vision and provides the energy for an organization to want to change, right? And they, they, so it's really important that a leader not only think about, okay, you're doing customer experience, I'm going to endorse it and say, great, go ahead and do it, right? That's not enough. Um, a leader who wants to get the value out of this work, out of any work, and doesn't even have to be transformation around experience management, any type of transformation. You want to do digital transformation? Any transformation you want to do, you need a leader that is actively looking for ways that they can energize the organization to go from here to over here, which is where we're headed. Um, and so being purposeful um, and, and, and showcasing the desired behaviors yourself, right? If you want... If, if you want the organization to use insights and data about patients in the decisions that they want, well, as a leader, you should start using that data yourself, right? Because what I oftentimes say is that um, people end up making decisions. They, you know, uh, a woman who's a quote um, that um, I, uh, what, what you, What you do speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you said. Um, there's a quote, Cory Booker used it, um, a U.S. Uh, senator. But what you do speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you say, meaning when an organization looks at a leader, they don't read the emails that come out that closely, but they do see what that person is doing, right? They see how, who that person spends time with, 
They see uh, who that person promotes. They see the agendas that that person has on their staff meetings because those cascade down to other staff meetings. So the, the role of a leader is really to help the organization go from one spot to another. And that takes work. And I think purpose, being purposeful about it is very important. Thank you very much. And I think also you as a human being, being as a leader, you did that several times with different teams, with different people and so on. And therefore, uh, what key leadership lessons uh, lesson you have learned throughout your career that you would like to share with, with the audience? Yeah, I've, I, I've learned a lot, mostly because like I, I, I feel like what I am passionate about, one of the things that I, you know, obviously I'm passionate about people and experience, but I'm pa personally passionate about learning. I'm on like this like never ending journey of learning. Um, and so I, I've learned a lot, but probably the, um, the one leadership um, lesson that, that maybe sunk in the most to me is, and it, it doesn't really have anything to do with experience management, customer experience, but yet it does, yet it does. Um, and that is to deal with the world as it is, not how you'd like it to be. I, I, I started, after I got my MBA, I worked at General Electric um, and had the opportunity to, to be an internal consultant and um, heard, was in many meetings with Jack Welsh, who was the CEO at the time. Um, and he used to say that over and over again, deal with the world as it is, not how you'd like it to be, meaning... Oftentimes, I find that people have an exaggerated, warped view of either where customers work or, or where customers do their job, what customers want, employees, and it's all based on how they were hope it would work in an ideal world. But if that's the environment that we think is there, then we end up making bad decisions as opposed to recognizing that, you know, there's messiness in the world and it's okay to understand that it's messy because that's the reality of what we're trying to interact with, right? So I think that that's, that, that's probably been my biggest lesson, just to deal with the world as it is, not how you'd like it to be. Let's have a foundation of fact and understanding um, even if it's bad, even if the situation is bad, it is what it is. So I guess I'll do that. And I think this is something that we can and we should leverage also for patient experience because the, the situation as it is and we need to deal, to deal with it. You are also extremely visionary, therefore I'm super keen to ask this question. Let's think that uh, in 10 years um, time from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Uh, what we are discussing about? So, first of all, it won't be me here. It'll be a virtual rendering by AI that is answering all of your questions. I'm not even sure if you're going to be there because the host will probably be replaced by a chatbot at that point in time. So anyway, this thing will be going on. There won't be any humans involved with the discussion. Um, it'll just be too, I'm just kidding. Um, humans will continue to have discussions even in 10 years, but 
Seriously, though, AI will have been embedded in all of the activities that we do, right? We'll no longer be talking in 10 years. We'll no longer be talking about like AI is this thing. It's just AI is powering all the stuff we do, which means that I think one of the things that we'll be talking about on this podcast is how we're getting better at understanding and catering to the emotional needs of every single individual, right? So that 87-year-old who has a, a cat that needs to be fed will have very specific treatment because we will have understood that, we will have anticipated that, and we would be treating him specifically different than we're treating every other patient, right? And so th there's a lot that goes with that, right? Because as you know, in a hospital, doctors are going to have to change their perspective. And so it's no longer going to be okay for a doctor to treat everyone the same, right? We're going to be in a world where we, the, the, a, the, the fact that we have AI and understanding will make sure that everyone's individual needs are um, brought to the surface. And we'll be talking about how we're doing that, how we are um, propelling our AI to do an even better job of dealing with everyone's situations, especially us 87-year-old uh, patient in the hospital. Thank you very much, Bruce. I would have hundreds of additional questions to ask to you, but taking care of the time, taking care of your time, and as a soccer game, even if it's fantastic, it, it has an end. We are coming to an end of this, uh, of this game, and I still have two questions for you. Um, in, the last, in the extra time of, of this, uh, of this uh, episode, um, what's the best way to contact you? Ah, so follow me on Twitter, follow me on LinkedIn, but come visit us at xminstitute.com. Um, you know, one of the things we do is we publish tools and content to help uh, experience management, customer experience, employee experience, practitioners. So the first thing I would do is come visit us at xminstitute.com and sign up for our monthly journal so you keep up to date on the stuff we're doing. Thank you very much. And now we are really coming to the last question. Is oh. Bruce uh, Golden Nugget it's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience? Okay. A golden nugget. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something different because Lord knows you've heard a lot of the stuff I've already said. Um, and here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to talk to like your audience, right? Imagine that everyone listening cares about customer experience. Um, the world needs more empathy and humanity and the work that you do is critical, right? The work that we all do. Uh, don't get frustrated that the organization isn't changing fast enough. Don't get upset that everyone doesn't get it. Um, if everyone got it and everyone was doing it, they wouldn't need us, right? So the work about bringing empathy and humanity and experience management to companies, to organizations, to hospitals, to football teams, to insurance companies, to banks, uh, is very important work. And even, I kid, even as AI comes around 
it will remain important. So stick with it. Well, we need to do you doing even more of what you're doing today. The only thing that I want to say is thank you very much, Bruce, for your time. I'm not allowing myself to comment your golden nuggets. Um, please stay with me for the conclusion. Uh, to the audience for today, it's everything. Thank you very much. I hope that you enjoyed this outstanding episode with Bruce. We love feedback. Feel free to contact Bruce through the channels that he shared. You will find all this information also in the show notes. Uh, join the XM Institute. You will find a lot of interesting stuff that you can use, leverage to improve experience uh, management. Thank you very much and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you.